Kiki, you are not just a legend. You are an icon, and we will never forget it. Plus, Emily drags yes to victory. Tori feels guilty to the point of volunteering for elimination. Sarah and Theo, they stay chilling. Casey and Troy, they stay the front runners. And Jordan makes a massive blunder, follows that up by being a horrible teammate, and then saves it all by making a secret deal behind everyone's backs. It's the Challenge World Championships episode number 10. Recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today on this Wednesday. Back to our regular Wednesday for the World Championship coverage. We are back in the States at Challenge Historian HQ, if you will. So things are back on track. Timing is back on track. And man... This season is, well, I guess it's not back on track. It was never really off track, but we get a good episode after a little bit of a meh one last week. We're in the thick of it. We're in not just the home stretch, but we're like right there. We get the final tease at the end, and then we know the final's coming at the end of next episode. So things are getting down, as Nelson would say, to the needy greedy, and here we are to cover it all. Episode 10, that's what we're here to talk about today. Quickly before we do, couple notes and announcements the first one's programming notes usa cast reactions we will get that podcast to you on next monday uh, maybe this friday still in two days but probably next monday as that i uh, wasn't super happy with the original recording of it so we're going to do it again and i don't know if we're going to have time to get that done before this friday so it'll be out at monday on the latest but somehow some way it's the next podcast that'll show up in your feed on this podcast feed then we will also have this weekend survivor saturdays we'll be back we missed last week i apologize for that that was was on me again me and Paige over on the most likely to podcast feed my travels back to the states got in the way of being able to record that so we'll be back we'll cover survivor which i'm very excited for to watch tonight's episode that season is also getting great has been really good the whole way through i've loved it so if you want to hear survivor talk most likely to podcast feed on saturdays those will be back for the rest of that survivor season and then the final thing not a programming note just not really even an announcement just a big old thank you because today is a special day for the challenge historian it is the two-year anniversary of this podcast beginning we started may 3rd 2021 covering all stars one uh so it's been a minute how many seasons we've had in such a short time it's just the world we live in now with the challenge which is wonderful that meant it was a great time it, it turned out to be starting a podcast talking about the challenge because there was a hell of a lot to cover and we've talked about so much in the last two years, 167 episodes in the books now. That is a lot of me just talking about this show, this franchise that I love so much into this here microphone. And I can't thank all of you who are out there listening enough. I did not think 
anyone would ever listen to this, let alone the large amount of you that do currently and hopefully will continue to into the future if my challenge takes don't get so bad uh, for you, although it seems like a lot of you have fun with some of the takes of mine that aren't maybe the best um, and maybe that most people wouldn't agree with. So thank you, thank you, thank you to every single person who has listened to one episode. All the episodes has been here since May 3rd, 2021, or this is the first time you may ever be listening. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate and love you all of the same. And to anyone who's you know, follows, subscribed, chatted with me on IG or in the comments on YouTube, any of that has been so great to get to meet a lot of you through that or at a couple live events, even everything. Everything has been so unbelievably wonderful. I can't thank you all enough. I appreciate you. I love you. And as always, uh, at Challenge Historian on Instagram, if you're one who hasn't hit me up, hasn't brought your hottest takes, your crazy challenge opinions, hasn't given your feedback for the show, feel free. Hit me up. That's my favorite part of doing all of this is getting to talk with so many other diehard OG challenge fans out there and the newer challenge fans too, although there's not as many new ones. Most of us have been around for a minute. So it's been wonderful. It's been an incredible two years. We're going to keep things going. We're going to hopefully blow things out sometime in the near future. I've had a lot of requests for the rewatch series to come back. We will get there. I just don't know when, as I've told a lot of folks who have messaged me about that. It's a big time commitment to do those. My actual job where I actually make money in my life and have a little bit of a career, uh, that is take precedence and uh, is taking up way too much time. So the rewatch series will continue at some point, probably in a more robust fashion, but when it does, it will be possibly part of maybe a Patreon type group with a lot of extra stuff thrown into it to make that worth you or anyone's while to possibly help fund a little bit of that so that there can be a little more resources and time deployed to that. But one way or the other, there's going to be a lot more coming to this podcast in the coming year and years because I don't expect to be going anywhere because I'm pretty confident at this point the challenge isn't going anywhere. We may not be watching it as much. There may be a few less people, but there's even more seasons. There's even more spinoffs. There's even more to talk about. So the challenge will continue. This podcast will continue. And I thank you for your support. And also, I should just quickly mention, because I'm a selfish bastard sometimes, um, it started on May 3rd, 2021, because that was my birthday. And so that's the day I wanted to launch the first podcast episodes, which means obviously the today, the anniversary is also my birthday. So if any of you are listening and you haven't ever actually went and done the follow or the subscribe or the automatic downloads or anything of that nature, went over to the YouTube channel, followed along there, maybe left a comment, get those engagements up. You know how it is. Well, maybe as just a nice little birthday slash anniversary present, you can go and do that now. So those of you who already have, you follow all the different places, you leave comments all the time, you hit the download every single time. Thank you. You've given me more presents every single week than I could ever thank you enough for. So appreciate y'all. Love y'all. With that, let's get into the challenge. World Championships, episode number 10. It was a good one. A lot went down. We're going to talk about it all. Storylines, awards, predictions, power rankings. You know the deal. Let's go. First storyline to talk about again for I think maybe the third episode in a row. We're just pretty much straight to the daily challenge. We get like the briefest of brief moments at the house and that's boom. We're into the daily challenge. It is what it is. That is what the show is at this point. And it's uh, it's okay because, you know, we've all got to reckon with that. And also in this episode in particular, as some of the others where they've done this in this season, recent seasons, it's because there actually is a decent amount of entertaining and juicy stuff to get to with the politicking and the strategy 
strategizing that happens between the two sporting events. So it's all good in the daily challenge is what we're going to talk about first. It was pretty great. I did really like it. I like that. Well, it, the, the little graphics with like 20% endurance, 60% this needed, like that's a little, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's a little much. I kind of get a chuckle every single time, but that's fine. But I do like that what those little graphics are highlighting is that they've leaned in really heavily. It feels like this season to let's have every daily if possible and almost every elimination if possible be a full mix of a lot of physical stuff, a lot of puzzles, math in there, communication, like really creating good mixtures of challenges and eliminations. This one certainly no different with both the challenge or the elimination, but it was a lot of swimming. It was a, like, it was a little bit of a lot of swimming. I would have maybe, maybe this could have been four instead of six. I don't know how long this actually took, but, uh, it seemed like a lot of swimming and that is obviously pretty advantageous when Emily is a Olympic medalist in swimming. That is a massive advantage. And yes, there is always swimming on the challenge. They can't not invite someone because they're going to be too good at one thing. Okay. They invite football players like a Danny into the show. Thank goodness. They invited Danny to the show back on USA and now to this season, obviously love, love, love Danny, but like, they don't be like, well, we can't invite Danny. Cause what if he ends up in a hall brawl? That doesn't seem very fair. The man played professional football for a living. He's going to maybe actually kill anyone he would go up against. But no, they're like, well, if that happens, it happens. Good on him. He'll have an advantage, just like plenty of people have advantages in this game and disadvantages in this game. And so it, it's fine that Emily is just like, it's like this challenge is almost exclusively swimming. You do have to be able to do the little puzzle and brain teaser at the end, but like it's mostly the swimming and Emily's probably going to win that regardless of being tethered or not to a partner. Um, and that, that is what it is. So, um, yeah, it's still kind of a layup though challenge for her. And thankfully her and yes, capitalize on that and do win. Um, and should be pointed out those ropes, they did at least do one really smart thing. The ropes, the tether, it would have been interesting if they're not tethered, like how everyone would have done. If it's like, you're not tethered together, but like you can't just one partner can't just do all the swimming. Both partners have to get to every platform before you can remove the piece and back to the, uh, the, the, like to the, to the shore is what I'm trying to say to the beach. And that would have been interesting who would have went faster or slower because that tether was perfectly distanced where you saw different times. Like yes, was trying to just like, if it was two feet longer, he could have truly just been behind her and kind of kicking, but really she's just dragging him full on, but it was just close enough that like, him being dragged by her she's kind of kicking him it's not fully like she can't lay out and go full swim 100 percent in any way and so that kind of makes it a little more interesting a little more fair and ultimately they wouldn't have won if not for one jordan wisely making a massive mistake jordan makes such a big obvious error and mistake he and kaz are keeping up with emily and yes super impressive fashion they actually got to the puzzle basically at the same time, like they got just after they would have got there literally within seconds of each other. If uh, Kaz and Jordan, Jordan wouldn't have made the mistake and had to do the extra run because their sixth run, they ended basically at the same time. So they kept up with them. They tied them in the swimming portion. They just had to do an extra lap because of Jordan. And that's kind of funny. Um, it was a super obvious mistake. Like it's just two different colors. It's not that hard. It's a real fuck up. He does own it. Kind of. I mean, he does. He, he does. But he also kind of gets away with like, 
all right, obviously, given how I am with partners and Kaz is razzing me a little bit here, like I should, you know, really have to eat this one. But Kaz doesn't totally like drive in the, you know, the like, man, you really fucked us on this one. Like she kind of plays it mostly nice, has fun with it, which is probably the right thing to do. Darrell and Kiki end up losing again. Um, even though they have to do one less lap because they are the beneficiary of Jordan's mistake, bringing one of their puzzle pieces back. Love Darrell in the water. Jordan's like, Darrell, I accidentally got one of yours. Will you get mine instead? And he's like, no, that's fucking silly. No, thanks, though. And uh, great choice by him, but still doesn't end up mattering. They get last. Kiki has to get asthma inhaler during the challenge. It's kicking in hard. She later on in the episode says how many panic attacks, asthma attacks she's had this season. It's been a bit of a rough one for her. I feel for her. She's a fucking warrior. I love her so much. She's an icon. We're going to talk about that multiple times through this episode, but just wanted to point that out. They do lose for the second time in a row. And other quick notes for looking forward to a final, because this is, we've seen a little swimming before, but this is like, let's know how these last few teams, all of them can swim. How can they perform in the water? There's almost always some swimming component to a final. Notes on this. Troy and Casey. They can swim just fine. They did very well. They weren't that far behind uh, the other teams here in the swimming portion. Theo, on the other hand, struggles pretty mightily. And Danny, is he's learned the squid technique from Tori, which just looks a lot like a backstroke that hasn't been, you know, don't have as flexible of shoulders as maybe an Olympic swimmer like an Emily would have, but it's pretty much just a backstroke, Uh, but they call it the squid. I like it. Good team camaraderie. Don't get a lot of that from Danny and Tori. So it was nice to see that they've been helping each other. Whatnot seems like they'll be able to finish any swimming thing, maybe just pretty slow. So a little worried about Theo, actually a lot of worried about Theo and Sarah when it comes to the swimming, a little worried about Danny and Tori. Not concerned at all with Troy and Casey. Not concerned at all with Troy and Casey on anything, as we will get to later in this podcast. So that was the daily challenge. Kiki and Darrell, they're going into elimination. Yes, and Emily have thwarted the legends or what's left of them's plan to send them in and put Danny and Sarah on the spot to go forward with that plan. They have won. They're in power. And we move back to the house for some chaos. We get to the house And things are pretty sticky because we've only got four teams who get to vote. They're all pretty much teams that are working in lockstep with each other. We've got Jordan, Kaz, Tori, Danny, Casey, Troy, Sarah, and Theo, meaning we got Danny and and Sarah on one side of things. We've got Jordan and Tori, and by default, then Casey kind of with them on the other side of things. It seems like, oh, Casey and Troy, you're probably going to be the odd team out again. But then we're like, well, I don't know. Because Jordan and Tori both want to play the Martyrs. We've got these fierce allies. They have to say each other's names. Jordan starts things off, at least from the edit we're seeing. We don't know when all these conversations are happening, as always. But from what we see, he starts it off by telling Casey, I'm not going to say your name again. I'm sorry for doing that last week. I will actually just go in for you. I'm not going to let you and Troy go in again. I'll go in. Casey doesn't buy it at all because she's smart and she understands the strategy of this game and she understands all the politics of it, even if she doesn't speak it out loud all that often in the confessional booth. But she does understand this stuff through and through, and she knows this is total BS, and so does Jordan. So why is Jordan even needing to say this? I didn't fully get why he needed to be like, like it wasn't like, I don't know if he was just trying to make sure Casey was like, going to be on board of like, hey, you say maybe he was priming Casey to be like, you're going to say Tori and Danny, right? Like if we have to say one of the three of us names, we're going to say Tori's 
right? I don't know if that's what he was going for. It just, I, I never expected he was actually going to throw himself in, even when he later on, as we will get to, acts like he's very much and tells his partner very much they are going to do that. More on that in a second, because before Jordan can try to play the martyr, Tori wants to be the martyr, wants to volunteer. She feels guilty how easy a road they have had, tries saying that, like, what's winning the world championships if you've never won an elimination? Says that about Danny, not to his face, but about him. Like, you know, you won your other season without winning an elimination. How can you call yourself a world champ if you don't win an elimination? And this is exactly how you can do that, Tori. You can win the world championships and win the final and just say, I won. I have the check. I have the title. TJ said I've won. I am the winner. You don't have to win an elimination to win a season. Plenty have done it before. Plenty will do it again. It's most would say the best strategy possible. The best strategy possible. You don't go into any eliminations. That means you're in the final. That's a pretty good road to walk. I get, I guess I can empathize and understand the like, man, I've really, you know, I've kind of skated to multiple finals in a row now because of the, you know, massive alliance and friendships I have built in this game and in this community and in this house every season. And maybe her, you know, just really, really, really wanting to like do this grand gesture for her ex-fiance and still some on again, off again, it seems maybe, at minimum, like extremely good friend, if not romantic partner, possibly at some point again in the future. They just did a podcast together. I've been meaning to listen to to kind of feel out what the vibe is between them, but at least very good friends, former lovers and fiancés and her other, you know, friend that she's never got to fully show in Casey. Like I am a hundred percent committed to you and you know, any alliance we have and friendship we have in this game moving forward as kind of the two most regular occurring female cast members at this point on the show. Maybe it's just all that. I don't know. Could it also be, and this is just me spitballing, uh, in probably unfairly as you know, we are usual to do on in the podcasting world or just talking about other people living their lives on camera for us. But is there any part of this that isn't isn't actually anything about like, let's prove it. Let's really like earn this. And is it could be like maybe some guilt that in recent seasons, fans have reacted to her in the entire vacation Alliance, them all having such easy roads with like, we don't like you. We're bored of you. And you know, there's a bit of bit, a bit of a turning to where now Tori, I would say is a polarizing figure within the fan community. Some absolutely love some absolutely do not like her or her alliances and friends in this, you know, being on season after season. I am one who's kind of still in the, I absolutely adore Tori from the beginning, and I still hold on to that while totally acknowledging why some people are like, we could use some new faces. You know, we've kind of talked and focused on the same like five, six people for like three, four seasons in a row. Um, so I get that, but I'm still a big fan of her. But could she possibly be like, uh, I liked it a lot more when all everyone loved me because I was going in and, you know, having badass victories and eliminations on War of the Worlds 2 and Dirty 30 and this and that. And maybe she's like, maybe, you know, I could turn some things around again if I can go in and like kick some ass and not just have the best friends in the house get to a final and then win and everyone be like, oh, it's not that impressive because you had all these friends, Vacation Alliance, blah, 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 blah. Could it be a little bit of that? I don't know. That's just me like psychoanalyzing and probably again, an unfair way from my couch or my desk chair, which is where I usually watch the challenge from. So 
Either way, she feels guilty. Danny's like, nah, we're shutting that shit down. He talks logic as usual. He's like, no, or you can just win. And he makes it clear. I'm here. I'm away from my family, my child, my wife, for one reason, to win money, to win this show, and win money to take back to them. He and Darrell are both on the same page in this as most of the people. Once they hit a, a certain age within the reality TV world, and certainly once they have a spouse, have a child, they're almost exclusively like, I am no longer here for any reason other than being able to walk back into my home and tell my spouse that, hey, I've got more money for us and our kid, and I did it in you know a couple months. I had to be away, but now, like, hey, what a cool job. I go win some money. I come back, and now I can be home for an extended period of time. Uh, that's all he's there for, and thankfully talks logic in, mostly talks Tori out of this idea. She still pitches it at deliberation, but he kind of shuts it down there too of like, nah, we're not doing that. And uh, we, I won't like just say a vote yet, but like, we're not just voting for ourselves or telling you to vote for us. Not going to happen. And also is, uh, you know, we get a moment where Danny, Sarah and Emily earlier in the episode before all of this, um, right when they get back to the house, I think they have a chat about, you know, they play strategic, the legends play emotional, which I agree in part with that's kind of true certainly it's you know comparatively jordan and tori specifically are playing there's a lot of emotions going on uh there with those two and how they're interacting with everyone but you know in comparison to that that's fine but are danny and sarah and emily saying this but also kind of doing the same thing because aren't they just defending their friends too to some degree is it that much different ultimately what they're doing because like danny and sarah wouldn't vote for each other or and this is what I think it actually is. If I'm Danny, yes, I am much more friendly at this point with Sarah and by default because of Sarah's relationship, Emily. Um, but it's more so that I just can't say to Sarah or Emily's face that I think my odds of beating their teams are higher than my odds of beating Jordan and Kaz or Troy and Casey or Bananas and Justine when they were there. And that's why those are my targets. And these are the ones I'm trying to work with to take them out because I think my best odds are going against these teams. And so they're my friends in the game. I think that's a little more what he's going. He just can't say to Sarah's face like, yeah, because I think I can beat you and Theo more easily or more times out than not than I can a Jordan, a Kaz, a Troy Casey. So they are playing smarter, but they're they're still doing a little bit of the same thing. But I'll defend. I'll, I'll always defend Danny and pretty much anything he does in this game, most likely, till he ever stops playing this game, which hopefully we got a few more seasons at least out of him coming in the future. And then Jordan tops both uh, everyone else in the house. He, Jordan, the horrible teammate, but great deal maker shows up. Uh, Kaz has been pissed about the prior round and how he just kind of ran things. Didn't bring her feelings, thoughts, alliances into consideration. Then Jordan messes up in the daily. So their alliance, you know, plan falls apart. And then after he says how happy, you know, Kaz says openly in the confessional, how happy she is to not be in Danny's shoes with a partner trying to volunteer them. Jordan then says, actually, you and I are in their shoes because I do want to go in and we are going to go in. And I'm going to tell you that matter of factly by the pool. And it becomes this huge argument between them. Jordan is being a dick, which it, he's being a dick. Let's let's be honest about it. Jordan being a dick, though, is pretty great theater. It's pretty good entertainment for the show. I got to say whenever it happens, I'm like, man. 
guy's being quite an asshole here, but uh, I am having a good time watching it on television. So, you know, that is what it is. You can think whatever of that. I'm guessing some of you also have a similar reaction. I mean, we all do to these shows. People act like assholes in reality TV all the time, and we're honestly rooting for that a lot of the time so that it could be entertaining. So this conversation they have by the pool is, I love that Theo has to sit there, has the confessional about like, I want to like defend Kaz a little bit, but also I'm safe and this doesn't actually impact me. And if they go in then like whatever small odds I have of going in are totally removed. So I'm just going to kind of be like, ah, Kaz, you know, your partner sucks. Like that's about it. Loved him just kind of chilling there and watching this all go down. The whole, I wake up because of competition thing. Totally true for Jordan. I, that's something some people would say, you roll your eyes and be like, okay, whatever he says. And you're like, yeah, we know we are aware, man. You are authentically you all the time. I believe that a hundred percent. I understand that we've got that for sure. Uh, but also could you just take that spirit of competition and focus it solely on the final and not on the like. I'll go into the elimination. I'll fucking do the elimination. Great. I love this shit. I love getting to do it because uh, you could lose. So just focus that all on I love getting to run finals and win the finals, and then you'll be good, which is ultimately what he does. Because, of course, he doesn't save Casey. Of course, he doesn't actually worry about Tori and Danny. He saves face with them for now. They don't know that he's kind of directly screwing them, possibly in the next round long term. He's going and making a deal with Emily and yes, behind everyone else's backs, not telling anyone. I don't even know if Kaz knows at this point. I, does she maybe know at this point? I would assume she was filled in. I forget if she was there. I think she was there for the conversation. So maybe that was a mute point by me. But Jordan makes a deal with Emily and yes. I don't totally understand the deal from Emily and yes's perspective. Um, they already have a 40% chance of being safe on the final round based on either they could win or Sarah could win. I guess this is kind of an, is this increasing that to a hundred percent? Because now if Jordan, you know, in, if Jordan's on your side, then maybe Tori and Danny aren't against you either. And so then it's like, it's just Troy and Casey who are against you. So like you're up to 80% chance of being good, which is better than 40. So I guess that's why they're doing it. But Jordan proposes like, Hey, we'll stalemate this. You get to pick who you want to throw in. We both know that's going to be Troy and Casey. We're good with that. And then also Next round, we'll just sit down and lose. If we're in first and we're get to the finish line, we will sit down and lose and let you win the daily challenge. And they agree to this, and that's great. Which, by the way, very competitive of him to just say we'll sit down and lose. He absolutely will not do that, though. And I don't get what the actual rules of this are. Uh, we don't get enough of the conversation. Maybe they tashed out, like, what if it's this type of daily? What if it's that type of daily? Because what if it's not Emily and Yes in second place? Are they then still going to sit down and just let someone else win and just like, hey, we will not win? Or also, it's almost always a puzzle at the end. What if you can't tell who's about to be finished? What if, like, this challenge in this episode, it's like, hey, we're standing at a puzzle board, like, I don't know. Anyone could get a check and be correct at any point. If you want us to let you win, that's one thing. If we're the only two standing there, like we won't check until you do. But like, if we're all standing there together, we don't want so-and-so to win. So like, how does it work? I don't know. But either way, I know that Jordan isn't going to honor this at all. Maybe he will. Maybe he just based on however the challenge goes, he'll be able to say that he honored it because they just won't have won. But uh, I don't see him actually being in first and be like, no, 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 no. we got to, we got to stop. We can't, we can't win. We got to let Emily and yes, catch up. Don't think that's going to happen. I do think he will have some, you know, 
will do what he can for them and will keep them in high regard. But I don't think they're going to just sit down and stop. But he strikes a deal. It saves them. We get a stalemate. They get to throw in who they want, and we head to the elimination. We get to the arena. They throw in Troy and Casey, as we knew at that point that they were going to do. This divide between Emily and Grant and Kiki and Troy was always there. If you watch Challenge Australia, you know we've talked about it throughout the season. We've referenced it. They, Those two, uh, Kiki and Troy, are spot on. I think it's Troy and, and Casey that says it. Actually, it's that Casey that says it, matter-of-factly, that Emily is jealous because those two, Kiki and Troy, won, and Emily didn't win their season. Kiki has said that multiple times over. And number two, she also, I think, again, psychoanalyzing from my desk chair, how, she doesn't like how hated her and her now fiance is um, by these two and by everyone else that was in the Challenge Australia cast, her fiance being Ryan from the Challenge Australia, and has just never loved how that any of that's went and is trying to you know fully redeem all of it by just winning the Challenge World Championships. And so this was always going to happen. We never got the full Emily versus Kiki like argument breakdown moment, really, which is kind of a bummer. And uh, I'm definitely kind of bummed out again. Again, we want more of that drama. I felt like it was there and it just never. Maybe if something happened, maybe there's a reunion clip that we'll get to see. I don't know. Old school shit. They should have shown type of stuff. Maybe we'll find out more. But uh, there was never any real true big blow up. I would have loved some icy commentary between them when they had to sit in the deliberation room together, waiting for the other four teams to figure out what the hell they were going to do. But we get the elimination. It's a pretty cool elimination. Again, a very big mixture of like, you got to do this couple of little physical things, but then you got to rebuild something, do some math, do a puzzle. Boom. You're done. Big mixture of it all. Casey and Troy, what can we say? They're going to win this shit. They're going to win. They're such a good team. They knock out the math. They got puzzled. They got strength. They're calm. They communicate all across the board. This team is unbelievable. They're going to wipe the floor in the final. Uh, if they have to do one more elimination, they will win whatever the hell that is. Unless, again, like I said before, the only way they lose is if they got to do a hall brawl versus Sarah and Theo, maybe, in, or Tori and Danny. But then again, it's still like, even if you have to do that, like, Casey can just win the women's round over and then over, and then it's a coin flip possibly for how that would end up. But they're amazing. They're going to wipe the floor in the final if they get there. No one's going to want to hear this um, because Casey is boring, and I think Troy is now maybe also going to be viewed by the general fandom as boring, even though I love him. I want to be best friends with him. He's the best. Absolutely adore Troy. But if they do win the final and win like convincingly as I think they're going to do, because again, they're perfectly well-rounded. They are the most around a team has ever been. They can do everything great. They're phenomenal at all of it. They work well together. They communicate well. They've got the temperament to do it. If they wipe the floor in the final, they will be in the running for the best partner team we've ever seen. Um, they won't maybe have all of the stats to back it up because they've only been together a little bit, but they'll have a couple elimination wins, a final win, um, in the world championships, nonetheless, and we'll have to have that conversation of where they fit in with the best male, female partner teams we've ever seen. But I, I don't know who, who beats that again, unless it's purely like this comes down to only size and you have to go up against a team with a big dude and a big lady. That's about it, uh, that they could ever lose. And so they're unbelievable on the other side. The losing side is Kiki and Durrell, a great run by Kiki and Durrell. The moment Jody got on the wrong team and John A's partner got injured, Darrell's game was toast. And by default, Kiki and Darrell's game was toast. They just never had 
anyone they could really latch on to have a real alliance with. They were pretty flying solo almost the whole time. Like some others in the house too, they were really hurt by Amber having to leave indirectly. That really screwed them from having that one team that was in lockstep. Kiki's basically number one was Troy in the house. Darrell and Amber super close going back to the, her rookie season on double agents being partners. They were in lock, and they had the other kind of teams with them, the Kellyannes of the world, the Jodies of the world. But So that hurt them a lot, too. But then they also got last multiple times in a row. And when you end up in multiple eliminations in a row, you're probably just you're going to lose one. You're going up against great competition. You're not going to be able to just run the table and win elimination after elimination after elimination. Darrell is the definition of a legend. He's incredible. Love having him back in our lives so often recently. And Kiki is the definition of an icon. I hope we get more of her in some fashion, challenge or otherwise, in the future on our television screens. Because she is the absolute best. So glad she was here. So glad they were both here. They will be sorely missed for the final two episodes. On to our awards for the best quote. There wasn't actually any uh, quotes that ended up being nominated here. So we'll just give a quick shout out to Kaz for her like, oh my God, Jordan made a mistake. That confessional was great. And uh, But then we'll just give Kiki and Darrell the honorary best quote of the week win for a season's worth of amazing joint confessionals, individual confessionals, and just all around great content, great entertainment from those two. Best moment of the episode. First nominee, Darrell telling Troy to make him some bacon. Episode opens, and I love the little moment. Those two seem to have a nice little friendship, uh, clearly, because they get in, and Troy's just like, oh, like, you know, I don't even remember how it went down, but it ends with Darrell telling Troy, like, I made bacon for you earlier. You got to go make bacon for me right now, and Troy goes off to make some bacon for he and Darrell. Love that. Second nominee, Kaz and Jordan's joint confessional about him making the mistake and the little bit of razzing that she gets in on his behalf. How can you say that again? Who? made a mistake loved having that third nominee Tori and Jordan both trying to sacrifice themselves in the conversations then that they have to have with their partners Danny and Kaz about that that entire kind of like seven eight minute window of them trying to throw themselves in uh just amazing stuff and then fourth and final nominee Troy and Casey the way they just bounce off the wall the first time in the elimination where they go to go through the last wall, they think it's just bricks or whatever again, just like the last one. And no, it's going to take a few big, strong kicks. They just bounce off. They do really good sound with that. Uh, it is very funny, even if there was never a moment where it's like, oh, are they going to, Darrell and Kiki going to come back? It's like, no, it's just a, a wall that takes a little bit more effort than one swing and you're through. Those four moments were the nominees. They were all great, but... The sacrificial lamb segment, the Tori and Jordan trying to throw themselves in and their partners not having any of it. All of that wound together is the best moment of the episode. As for the MVP, fifth place, Theo. Theo is a lot more present in this episode than he has really been all season. He's kind of just there on the periphery of a bunch of these little conversations and interactions that are happening, throwing in a confessional here or there. Theo showing up a little bit here in the end, noting that from an editing perspective. Fourth, we give to Danny. Third, we give to Kiki. Again, final time I'll say, or until the season uh, awards, when we probably talk about her in some form or fashion, Kiki's an icon. She's the best. Love, 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 love. Kaz in second, Jordan in first. This was a Jordan tour de force episode. Again, putting on his big performance. Always, always, always putting on a performance. He wakes up for competition as it is. So Jordan is the MVP of the episode. 
And then finally, we have our power rankings and our predictions. We've got two episodes of this season left. We have, as TJ teases them, we are not to the final yet. One more daily challenge, one more elimination, we think. And then, as we see in the next week on, straight from the arena, the final starts. Right then, right there, in the arena, whether that is after an elimination has been played, whether that is even announced before an elimination and the final is starting with that elimination. I don't exactly know. We're not supposed to know. That's just the little teaser as it would be. And so we've got one round left. We presume that means one team will not be making the final of these five. Four of them will be. As for the power rankings, they're, they're, I have them in order one through five, but it's really just two tiers. There's tier one, Casey and Troy. They're above everyone else. They are the odds-on favorite. They are, as I said before, I think they are going to win the final going away if given the chance, and it's not like some reset final stage, everyone starts at zero sort of thing. If it was just start to finish, those two are going to, this is going to be a boring-ass final because they're going to just, woo, way past everyone in every respect. So they're in tier one by themselves in my mind. Sarah Theo, two, Tori Danny, three, Emily S, four, Kaz Jordan, five, but... Any of these five teams can win the final. Those other four, it's basically a tie for second. Everyone's just looking up a little bit, just a half step up to Casey and Troy, I think, above them. As for my preseason final picks, I've still got, you know, I've still got six out of 10 left that uh, in my finals. I got two, my third and second place finishers. I just still, you know, my winner pick originally was Zara and West. So that went away quite a while ago. Predictions I made a couple weeks ago starting to look better. I said Troy and Casey would win the final. Still feeling good about that. And I said Kiki and Darrell and Kaz and Jordan would go home before the final. Half of that has come true. Maybe the rest of it will next week. Last week, I said Kiki and Darrell would be going home in this episode, which then did come true. I was not happy to be right. Finally, I'm right about a prediction, but it's one that makes me very sad. So as for next week, what we're looking for in the last episode and not looking for, but predicting maybe a little bit of both. I think that somehow, someway, Jordan is going to do Tori dirty. Jordan is going to do something that is not helpful to Tori, and it's going to be hilarious. Honestly, it's going to be hilarious when that happens. We get a glimpse of maybe that happening in the next week on, so we'll see if that's a misdirect or if it is, in fact, Jordan You know, has made this deal and is going to stick by that deal, and Emily and yes, inexplicably out of nowhere over a Tori or Danny or a Casey or Jordan or Casey or Troy, excuse me. So we shall see, but I think that's going to happen. Second one goes right in line with that. I think Danny and Tori are in the elimination. I don't know if it's whether they get last in the daily. I don't know if it's, they get thrown in by whoever wins the daily because you know, their Alliance members are not going to help them out, but somehow, some way, I think they end up in the elimination. And then the third and final prediction is more of just a thought here. What's the last elimination going to be? Because we haven't seen a hall brawl. We haven't seen a balls in. We haven't seen a not so fast. And so of the four, the kind of the big four eliminations, we've only seen pole wrestle and we saw one person do it, like a one-on-one matchup to open the season. Can you do a hall brawl straight into a final? That seems really, really disadvantageous and mean to the team that wins that to then be like, and now the final starts after you've done that to your bodies. Also, this is a CBS audience the you might notice all stars has never had a hall brawl on it I, I think that's true i'm just saying that out loud and then i'm like oh wait i don't want to get something wrong but i'm pretty sure that's true now part of that is because they're a little older maybe but also it's because it's on paramount plus and this bigger audience is kind of cbs audience a little more family friendly maybe 
Hall Brawl isn't as acceptable in that world. So I don't think we're going to see Hall Brawl uh, here on this. Uh, did we see Hall Brawl in any of the spinoff seasons? I guess did, we did, didn't we? Yeah, we saw it in, uh, yeah, didn't the, the Enzo and uh, the little lion cat guy that I really liked a lot. They did a Hall Brawl. Was that, didn't that happen? Yeah. So I guess we have. So maybe we could. But I don't think it's going to be a hall brawl, so I think it's going to be either balls in or not so fast. I'm holding out hope it's not so fast. Not so fast should be involved in every single season. It is the best elimination that's ever been created. I love it so much. Please let that be it or balls in, one of the two. But you started with an iconic elimination. Let's end with an iconic elimination as well. Either way, whoever has to do this one, it's in all likelihood, it's probably going to be kind of like mostly puzzle-based to maybe be as fair as they can going into a final. But... Also, then again, these things are never fair. They don't they don't do fair that often on the challenge, and that's okay by me. So those are the predictions. Uh, that is all for episode ten. That is all for the two year anniversary podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again, as always, for listening to this episode. Any single episode over the last two years, any one of the 167 of them, which is a really big number to say out loud, there is a lot more coming in the future for this pod, and there is at least a little bit more coming in the future for this season. So we will be back next Wednesday to break down the penultimate episode, episode 11, the pre-final episode in all of its glory, hopefully its glory, and possibly, hopefully, its messiness. So, as always, hit that follow, subscribe button, rate and review if you're listening over on Apple or on YouTube. Drop a comment. Let me know what you think of this episode, the podcast in general. And if you want to talk challenge at any time, hit me up at Challenge Historian on Instagram. Love chatting with all of you about the pod, about the show, about anything for that matter. And those of you who might reside in or around the Chicago area, I believe today is also the first day tickets are going on sale for Challenge Mania Chicago in this fall. Definitely going to be swiping some of those myself. Maybe I'll see some of you there. Maybe you could convince me to come to your town for a different Challenge Mania event. There's a bunch, I think, that Scott and Derek have posted recently or announced recently. So that should be great too. With that, thanks for, as always for listening. We'll talk next week. Peace.